gonna have to change this music at some point. Yeah, <laughs> it's up to you guys. I mean, it's cool. I like it. The more you listen to it, the more it becomes familiar. The more you like it, or the more you know. Uh, yeah, you, you hate it or you love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, everyone. Welcome back to AOTV, which is short for Alpha and Omega TV. Thank you guys for joining us for session four with my brother Francisco, who is in the studio today. Hello, everybody. Very exciting to have him and his uh, very bassy voice. I think this is Hello, good. Everybody. This is this is good for uh, for radio and for podcasting. You got to have people like Francisco, very uh, bassy type voice. Um, so welcome here at Alpha and Omega TV. We broadcast live uncut commentary regarding scripture, current events, testimonies, teaching. We do this all for the glory of the one true living God, Jesus Christ. And we have guests on occasionally. And today we are being uh, graced with the presence of Francisco, whom is a brother from Grace Community Church. Very knowledgeable man. Uh, has a family, has a wife, has a son um, who is who is bringing up in the Lord. <clears throat> and just before this session, we were talking um, about pretty much the nature of man. And we started diving into the gospel. The glorious gospel. The glorious yeah, gospel. That's and right. We can't emphasize it enough. Oh, we can't no. speak about it enough. Uh, simply because this is the heart of the Bible. This yeah. is This is the... the the thing that God wants us to know, Absolutely. to understand, yeah. to love, to breathe, to embrace. And it's the very power of God that brings sinners like us into salvation, into peace with God, into reconciliation with the Father, reconciliation. And that is why it is good news. It is Amen. glorious. Amen. And so to know the good news, you must understand that there is bad news. And Francisco went into that in session three. This is session four. So please do check out session three to list, understand and learn more about the bad news and the fact that uh, what is the nature of man, the condition of man, and the fact that every person by default is headed towards destruction and we cannot rely on our deeds. We cannot rely on anything that we can do in our human strength because it is futile. It's, it's, it, it won't do you any good. It cannot save you. And it's not about being good, as Francisco outlined in session three, that being good doesn't get you into heaven. You have to understand what is the standard. Yeah. You what can only get into heaven by being just, by and being perfect. holy. Yeah, that's how you can get into heaven. So you can get into heaven by being as God is. That's why God is in heaven. He's holy. He's just. He's righteous. Man thinks that he can get into heaven by good works. I would say all religions outside of Christianity tell you that in one sense or another, you can gain you can earn heaven by good works. And we see that in Mormonism. We see that in Jehovah's Witnesses. We see that in Catholicism. There's no assurance. And if there is an assurance in those beliefs, it's almost like prideful. They almost see you as boastful. How can you know? How, no one knows. 
However, it's very crystal clear that that is the heart of the gospel. Jesus Christ crucified for sin. He atoned, he redeemed, and he justified. So it's, it's that simple. We cannot gain heaven through works. And if we believe that we can, that's where man can boast. I mean, if you sit down and think about it, if you talk to anybody in any of these uh, different beliefs, they want to believe that they'll go into heaven and say, I earned it. You died for my sins, yes, and I put faith in you, but I earned it as well. But nowhere does that, is that written in the Bible. Nowhere is that written. If anything, everything in the Bible is against that very thought. That very idea. But again, we understand that there's only one gospel. However, even though there's other gospels, there's only one gospel. It's not that there's other gospels. It's just just false doctrine, false beliefs. Yeah, those would just be false. Yeah. Uh, what, what we speak about being false gospels. It's not a gospel that it's um, really not good news yeah no it's not it doesn't have <laughs> the power to save no because romans 116 exactly yeah. romans 116 tells us that and, and puts it very clearly that this is the power of god into salvation uh for the greek and the jew so we we have to understand that this is the power of god to salvation anything else outside of this yeah it doesn't have the power to save and I don't think people have ever claimed that outside of Jesus and have backed it up. No, I, I mean it. Oh man, this is what I'm talking about. This is this is why I've clung to one thing and one thing only: the gospel, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. On the letter of Galatians, Paul writes to them, starting in chapter one, verse six, and he says, "I am amazed. I am." Just in awe, I am surprised. It's hard to believe. I, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ. You're deserting him for a different gospel, for a different message of good news, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. This already, just that verse one and uh, verse six and seven, that's amazing that there was somebody else, the Judaizers that were coming and telling them, no, you cannot have salvation based on faith alone. You need to earn it through good deeds and works, sacrifices, rituals. This is what the Judaizers were coming to tell these Christians in Galatia. And this is what we see now with different beliefs. You see... I mean, you see the Mormons telling you, no, it's faith and being a Mormon and knowing the secret handshake and wearing the holy garments, uh, the holy underwear and knowing all these things or Jehovah's Witness. It's faith and being a Jehovah's Witness. Mm -hmm. It's faith and doing good works and going and knocking doors and sharing the good news, which is not good news. I mean... This is amazing. That's why Paul is saying this. 
I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting this. I am amazed. It's unbelievable. I shared the good news with you that it's faith alone through, through faith. It's faith alone by grace alone in Christ alone, alone. That's it. And then he continues on in verse eight. Oh, but this he, is strong right here. Yeah, this is, and this is just to make sure that you understand. He says it twice. He says, but even if we, as in the apostles or an angel from heaven, which is what appeared to Joseph Smith, mm. contrary to we, it says, uh, if, if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. And another translation says anathema. Anathema. I mean, that is, it's damned. Yeah, it's it's the it's to to pronounce an anathema is to pronounce the the judgment of God yeah. over something or someone. Someone, yeah. That's and he's amazing. saying if I tomorrow come back and change the gospel, faith alone, Jesus Christ died once and for all for your sins, and if you put your faith in Him, you will have eternal life. If someone comes and says no, you have to be a Mormon, because an angel showed up to me. And he told me, there's this book that I have to decipher. Now you have to be Mormons. That, I'm amazed how people believe that. Wow. But in Timothy, he says that man's ears, uh, th there's going to be false prophets. And we'll go to that. Let me finish this, actually. He mm -hmm. says, as we have said before, as I, uh, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. How much more powerful do you want that? How, who Two do you times. trust? Do you trust man or do you trust God's word? Do you want to continue in the traditions of your mother and your father and your country and your land? Or do you want to trust God's word? And I say that to everybody that's listening right now. If you believe that you must do something to earn heaven, then you're still dead in your trespasses. It's, it's our understanding of the fact that we can do nothing and we cannot add to what God has already finished. Like he said on the cross, it is John, finished. Yeah. If, if, we, if we have that understanding. Perfect. That's what I was going to go to. If we have that understanding that we could not save ourselves and therefore are in the need of a savior. When you understand that, when you understand that your sins are the thing that separates you from God, and it's what's stirring up the wrath of God for your judgment, yeah. when you understand all of this, you realize that there is nothing you can do before a holy God to stop what is coming, the Amen. judgment. If you believe anything else outside of Christ as your Savior, and his finished redemptive work on the cross. If you believe anything outside of that, you're denying Jesus Christ. As simple as that. That's why Paul was a You're denying Jesus Christ as your savior. Now you're saying Jesus Christ is my savior and me. I mm -hmm. too am my savior. That's great and all. I know you Christians believe faith alone, but no. I believe that I too have to do it. And that's saying that's not enough. Christ is not sufficient. He is not sufficient and his work was not perfect. 
And when Jesus said it is finished, it wasn't because I have to continue it. So yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get that, but I, I personally don't get that, but biblically I get it because the Bible tells us that man is dead in his trespasses. The man's heart is wicked beyond belief. Who knows the depths of its wickedness? So if already in the time of Paul, there was already people that were trying to distort the gospel since that moment, are we to believe that they, that stopped? No, of course not. A, a simple, let's just delve into the number one point. This is what we have to understand. Why did Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, come into the world? Why would he leave his throne, enter creation, and become not just a man, but become a slave to God the Father? He lived by God the Father's will. He did his will. He was a slave to him. He, was, he wasn't worldly rich, nothing like that. Why would he do that? Why would he leave his throne and enter the world? Now we're, we're coming into understanding of the gospel, the good news. Why would God do that? You have to understand. He did that because of what awaited us, his creation that he loved. So when we share the gospel, we have to understand the number one point. God loves us. He does. He does love us. John 3.16, for he loved the world so much. He loves us. How do I know this? Because even in the beginning, in the sixth day, God created man that he may have a relationship with him, that it can be a beautiful, beautiful relationship. God loves us. Let us not forget that. So he loves us so much that he leaves his throne. He comes into the world for what? The Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you he leaves his throne. He comes into the world because when we die, we stay in the grave. There's no judgment. There's no torment. There's no hell. That's just a lie created by the Christians trying to scare you and trying to make you submit and give money and help out this, this false doctrine. That's what the Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you. So they don't believe in hell. If we go to the Apostolic Fathers, these are the pastors that were left in the churches that the apostles established. If we go to First Clement, and, uh, and why do I bring this up? I want to prove to people that there is a hell. Because if you don't believe that there is a hell, then you don't understand God's true nature. You don't understand his holiness. You don't understand his righteousness. You don't understand his being. You got to understand this. This is what they're trying to save us from. So I want you to see this. This is in uh, the letter. Uh, let me get this going. So this is called the martyrdom of St. Polycarp. St. Polycarp was one of the elders that was left in uh, Smyrna. And he was to be executed, being burned alive as well at the stake during the times of the Roman persecution against the Christians. So this is in the year 100 to about 150 in the beginning. And this is what they wrote. They put here in, and they also put these chapters and verses 
kind of like the Bible. However, we know that this isn't inspired, but this is great for history. They put, and giving themselves over to the grace of Christ. These are the martyrs that had been killed before. They're talking about this. They despise the tortures of this world, purchasing for themselves in the space of one hour, the life eternal. So in that one hour that they were being murdered, burned alive, killed, he's saying that they despise the world. They were already born again and they got themselves the eternal life. They, they entered the presence of Christ. To them, the fire of their inhuman tortures was cold. So they were being burned alive for they set before their eyes escape from the fire that is everlasting and never quenched. You see that? That is amazing. Wow. So here we have the first elders continuing the understanding that there is a fire that is everlasting and never quenched. I mean, there's hell. Hell exists. It's never ending. It's never quenched. It's everlasting. Why do I want to keep emphasizing on hell and hell? Because that's why Christ came into this world. You must understand this. Christ came into the world because there is a hell. If man just simply dies and goes to the grave and that's it, ceases to exist, there is no more consciousness, there's no more continuity of, of, of anything, nothing. What's the point of Jesus Christ coming into this world then? Of him dying on that Christ and enduring the wrath of God. But you can't convince Jehovah's Witness. Only Christ, only the Holy Spirit entering them yeah. cannot grant them the understanding of this. They want to believe that they they when you speak to somebody they say the whole uh, Jehovah's Witness they'll say no I don't want to go to heaven I want to stay on the on the earth that's what we've been promised and uh, only the anointed hundred and forty four thousand will be going to heaven I mean they've created so many doctrines so it's so complex their belief and it's all from the simple distortion of the gospel wow and and this is this is um the spirit the spiritual sense that. Uh, Francisco's talking about it is the fact that these people are getting it wrong, unfortunately, and they're being misled. Absolutely. But along with that, there's also the reality of just their, just the way that they are. Um, they're, I, I was listening to um, an ex-Jehovah Witness and he's talking about how so many Jehovah Witnesses are in depression. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah, taking are. Um, medicine for it. Alcohol is the biggest thing it. too. Alcohol is Most their are, escape. Yeah. Um, and even when they do, um, they have something that is similar to, uh, you know, how when we take communion, they do something. Once but, a year. Right. But, but no they, one ever takes right, it. Right. No one ever takes it because no one feels that they are of the 144,000. The 144,000 ended back in the 1970s, I think the last ones. How would they even know? I mean. I <laughs> exactly. So. It, Look at all these doctrines. This This creates an expectation that is unreal. It cannot be met. And that is the truth. The, the kind of standard that God has cannot be met. And unfortunately, they're trying to meet that on their yeah. own way, in their own strength. But it cannot be done. So that is, that is what we're trying to explain here. The, the standard cannot be met. It will never be met. It was met by only one who came in his name is Jesus Christ. That's right. He met everything. He absolutely uh, fulfilled the entire law, completed it, walked in it, 
I mean, he was, he is the word, the yeah. word in flesh. Let's not forget that. But he was the only one who could do that. And why is that? Because he is God and was God when he was here on earth. So there's a very real sense of when you have this kind of doctrine that is twisted and it's calling for um, man, man's works, saving you and performance-based salvation, when you are in this circle, yes, it's very common to be depressed because you're striving for something you will never meet. But here, the Bible, it breaks free. It makes you break free from that and tells you, you got to understand that you can't do it on your own and, and it's impossible for you to achieve it. But there was one who did it in your place. And he, now he's taking that righteousness and the perfect walk that he had. And now he's putting that on you. Amen. And now because it's on Amen. you, you have salvation. This is a beautiful, beautiful connection to that, to, to add on to what you just added. On Sunday, we had a, uh, a pastor share this with us. The last plague in Egypt was God's wrath on the firstborn son. Now, he was going to come and he was going to take the life of the firstborn son of everybody in the land in Egypt, both Hebrews and the Egyptians. Death, certain death. Right. He was coming. He told Moses... In order for this judgment to not fall upon you, you must slaughter a lamb and you must get its blood and put it on the, the door frames. The door frames. Mm -hmm. And death will pass over that house. How beautiful that the son of God, the lamb of God came into this world. He was poured out. His blood was poured out and his blood now is in our doorposts of our hearts. Wow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That blood grants us salvation because the death that we rightfully deserve shall pass over us. And we will be unharmed just like they were. Unharmed. Just like his people. Amen. I mean, isn't that, isn't that wow. glorious? However, Man. Mormons... They can't, they can't enjoy that, that peace, that joy, that security. Jehovah's Witnesses can't either. And I hate to say it, Catholics can't either. Catholics believe in the sacraments. That's their saving works. Faith and the sacraments. And, and, and I have Catholic friends, family. Likewise. And it's always a struggle for me to, to even share because we connect on the faith, but we don't connect on salvation yeah salvation is once and for all it's assured it's guaranteed it's granted but they don't they believe the sacraments and they believe in purgatory and because they believe in purgatory and because they believe in the sacraments they don't believe in christ's sufficiency now i just want to read um, sure. this this verse right here that i think sums it sums it up perfectly this is first peter three eighteen. For Christ also suffered once for sins. He suffered once. That's it. Well, one time he's atoned. The righteous, because he was righteous, he lived a perfect holy life, his whole life. He actually fulfilled the law for the unrighteous, us, everybody, that he might bring us to God. People will say, 
and I've heard this from Catholics. If you go and uh, you're working uh, in, in, in um, what can we say? You're working in the field. You're mm-hmm. sowing uh, the crops and everything. And you're pretty dirty and everything. And your friend says, oh, I want to invite you to a banquet. This is one of their apologetic defenses for purgatory. Just I want to say that. Okay. So they'll say, if you've been working in the field and a friend's been working with you in the field too, and he tells you, oh, I want you to come to this uh, quinceañera that I'm having. Okay. Your friend goes home while you're finishing your shift. He showers. He gets ready. He comes, picks you up. He's nice and clean in his suit. Then he gets you and he says, okay, well, let's go to quinceañera. And you say, well, I got to go home and shower too. Why? Why? Just go like that. It's okay. And what are they trying to say? You see, you're wicked, you're sinful, you're everything. In order to go into the presence of God, you need to be showered clean. You can't just enter all filthy. What do they say that that shower is? Purgatory. So purgatory is where you're going to be, you're going to be tormented. And all the impurities are going to be burned off of you. And once you've been cleansed, now you can enter the presence of God. That's how they defend purgatory. That's their illustration. They say, you can't just go from filthy to glory. But they don't understand that the word says that we're being sanctified. This is our cleansing. We're being sanctified by living a holy life. More importantly, reading the word walking, denying ourselves, picking up our cross daily. That is our sanctification. The Holy Spirit is sanctifying us. They will say, no, no, you're filthy right now. And if you, if you've completed the sacraments, but you've sinned venial or mortal sins, which we all have, and we all will do, you have to go to purgatory. And in purgatory, we don't know if it's an hour, a day, a week, a month, a year, a a decade, a century, or a millennium. We don't know how long you're going to be in purgatory wow. for, but you will be in purgatory and eventually you'll get out. You know what's terrifying about that? You can never live with peace. You can never live with the communion with the, that God grants us, peace. And you know what you take, uh, you can uh, easily take them. You can go to Romans 8.1. If you turn to Romans 8.1, we are christian we believe we've put our faith in christ and because the holy spirit dwells in us if you want to read it i think you got that before yes and romans chapter 8 verse 1 says therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus amen there's no condemnation we're in christ jesus right now there is no condemnation in us and then verse 2 also because it just i mean it hammers the point as well it says for the law of the spirit of life in christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Amen. He set us free. We're free already. We're already being sanctified. There is no purgatory. You can't find a verse about purgatory. Now they'll want to take you to 1 Corinthians uh, 15. I can't remember the verse, but that is not talking about purgatory. That doesn't even make sense. But they only want to pull one scripture. They don't want to get the context. They don't want to read the whole letter. They don't want to understand what's happening. It's just that one verse. And it's very sad because, again, do you now believe man who's telling you these things? Or do you believe the word of God that there is no condemnation because we are in Christ Jesus? There is no purgatory. 
either Christ is sufficient or he's not. Simple as that. That's what it comes down to. That's the gospel. I mean, that's the good news. That's good news that Christ has atoned for us, that he has shed his blood and our faith has placed his blood on our doorpost of our hearts and death, not the first death because the flesh will atone, pay for those sins, but our spirit and then our resurrection is assured, right? We will not have that second death, which is to be cast into the lake right. of fire. We will not because we're going to be found in the book of life. And I'll tell you why we're going to be found. And we'll go back to it. Colossians 3, 3. See, Christ, God doesn't see us when we're, when, when you put your faith in Christ, this is the good news. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the father doesn't see you as you've lived your whole life of sin. He doesn't see you like that anymore. Right. Great illustration is if someone goes to prison for having committed murder and he actually goes and does his 30 years in prison and he's liberated, that person is seen by society as a murderer who has been, who has served his sentence. Right. But he's still just a murderer that served his sentence. Forever a murderer forever a thief, wherever it is. However, God doesn't see you that way when you've come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. God sees you as he sees his son, blameless, spotless, just. He doesn't see you as a sinner forgiven. He sees you as righteous. That's beautiful. That's good news. It's amazing. But Catholics, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Jewish, they can't appreciate the beauty of the word because they don't believe in faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone. They believe in sacraments. They believe in congregating only with Jehovah's Witness. They believe that Jesus Christ is the Archangel Michael. They believe that you too can become a God and have spirits worship you. This, and where does it all stem from? This is a great point. This is just to kind of drive it. Why do, why, why are all these beliefs out there? Why? There's only one gospel, but why are there so many beliefs? Why are there so many people professing all these other crazy and ludicrous beliefs and doctrines? Why? I'll tell you why. Man has a redeemer and his name is Jesus Christ. And he is alive right now. He's reigning from Amen. his throne. Amen. Man has a redeemer. However, the rebelling angels and Lucifer, Satan, that fell from grace and into this world, they have no redeemer. They only have judgment that is looming over their heads and is coming. What do they do knowing that they don't have a redeemer, that they will not be saved? The only thing that they can do. They can take as many as they want, as they can with, with them. them. And Lord knows who the elect are and who are not, who will come to faith. He wants, it says that all men come to faith. We do too. I want everybody to of come course. to faith. Lucifer, Satan, he wants everybody to come to the lake with him. 
They have no redeemer. That's their anger. How can you, God, we sinned and you're casting us into the lake of fire. But these men sin all the time. They are unjust, unrighteous. They deserve the same lake. But you came in the flesh for them? We got work to do. Let's create Mormonism. Let's create Jehovah's Witness. And all these people will think that they're righteous, but they're really denying God. Yeah, again, it's, it goes back to putting your faith and trust in yourself. That's a demon doctrine because that's exactly what the, the devil told Eve mm -hmm. in the garden. Did he really say mm -hmm. that you shall not you eat of any tree? tree? No, that's not what he said. <laughs> he said, you shall not eat of that tree. Yeah. All the rest are good. But that was a mind trick right there. Yeah. That was already. Twisting of scripture. A twisting of scripture. <laughs> what Mormonism. What is it? Twisting of scripture. Yes. Two. You will surely not die. That's a lie. There surely is no hell. That's what Jehovah's Witness tell us. You will surely not burn. I'm telling you, everything derives from the gospel. Everything points to the gospel. And it's so beautiful. It's amazing that it's a cross. You know, that it, at that point, it intersects. Well, Jehovah's Witnesses even deny the fact that it's a, it was a cross. Yeah. Yeah. They don't believe it's they a cross. It it's was a, a stake. stake. It was a stake. It was just a pole, in other words. I mean, how much more can you... And again, we don't glorify the cross. We don't see not. it as... No, we understand that God is living. Jesus Christ is alive and he's at his throne right now. However, that is to remind us of him shedding his blood for us. Him... I mean, there's so much we can say just about the cross, but I, I want to drive that point home. Please keep in mind, because we're starting to see this now. Many Christians believe that if you're Catholic, if you're Jehovah's Witness, if you're Mormon, if you're good, if you're a Buddhist, if you're Tibetan Buddhist, whatever, if you're just good and kind, God will forgive you. You don't realize this. This is a battle for your soul and you not sharing the gospel with them and telling them, please repent of your faith in yourself and in what man has told you and put your faith in the word of God, which is Jesus Christ in the flesh, crucified, resurrected three days. I mean, that's it. If you repent and, and it, Repent from not believing in the Bible. You believe in what other men have told you when they can't provide scripture for you. And you know what they'll do. Well, well yeah, um, look at uh, Mormons. They'll provide the Book of Mormon. How convenient. <laughs> oh, well, duh. How convenient. Yeah. And, I, well, where's my Book of Mormon? And then You're they right. say that the gospel is, uh, it's been corrupt. It's, it's and then that there's is restored. Right? It's the restored gospel. Now you're even calling Christ's bride corrupt. Do you know what Christ thinks of anybody that calls his bride corrupt? And they say, Jehovah's Witnesses say the same thing. We established the church again. We reestablished it again. So for 2,000 years, it was gone. <laughs> and you come into the, into the, the world in the 1800s and now you've established it. I hate to say it. Catholics too. Peter has always been the Pope. Where do you get that? Well, because he says on this rock, now, I will yeah. build my, but what's they, they the rock? Think they establish, they think Peter's established as superior to the apostles, but when you read not. and continue. Paul, 
Paul re- rebuked and uh, um, yeah, uh, rebuked him because he was starting to join kind of the Judaizers and yes. trying to be that. Yes. And it's a it, listen. We're all before God, wicked sinners. But yet somehow Peter is elevated above all men. Yeah. This okay, perfect. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay. This is beautiful. So Polycarp right here. They've believed that Peter was the first pope. And then after him, there was different popes that conti- continued the succession of the popistry or the popeship. Uh, apostolic succession, right? It's, it's called that's what they. Not, well, not necessarily apostolic, but the pope ship, the, right. the pope. So they've said since the beginning, it's always been faith and works, sacraments, or, you know, even though the sacraments weren't established until like the 1200s. That twelve. Yeah, well, well this to, is all just just a quick uh-huh. side note um, on that. Um, I think it was uh, Pope Leo who translated the Bible. Um, he was the one who who put in uh, the word penance mm-hmm. instead of repentance, and that's why people for that longest time they were doing penance and the sacraments and all that. But when it was translated correctly, and it was shown as repent, which is a turning away of yeah. sin, it's a change of mind. Not pay for um, your sins. Not pay for your sins. That was that was a big thing that was a, a mistranslation. You see? I mean, look at that. So so let me just go back to history. Mm-hmm. Okay, because if you don't believe the Bible, okay, well, at least you might take comfort in believing history. Because you might say, Well, I'm a history buff, whatever it is, or, or if you're Catholic and you believe that uh Polycarp was also a Pope, which is one of the claim. This is what he says. This is in, let me just make sure the letter of St. Polycarp, yes, a bishop of Smyrna to the Philippians. In what is this? Chapter one, verse two. He he writes, knowing that you are saved by grace, not because of works, namely by the will of God through Jesus Christ. It's very clear. It's clear. When did he? What? It's he clearly says, knowing that you are saved by grace, not because of works. Here's another one, and this one is by Clement, I believe. They also believe Clement was a pope. I just want to make sure that I, I read this right. The letter of the church, the letter of the Church of Rome to the Church of Corinth, commonly called Clement's first letter. If we go to chapter 32, verse 4 of First Clement, he writes, And we, therefore, who by his will have been called in Jesus Christ already election, mm-hmm. are not justified of ourselves or by our wisdom or insight or religious devotion or the holy deeds we have done from the heart, but by the faith by which almighty God has justified all men from the very beginning, the faith by which almighty God has justified all men from the very beginning to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So he's saying right here, we are not justified by ourselves, our wisdom, our insight, our religious devotion, our holy deeds done from the heart, but by the faith by which Almighty God has justified all men from the very beginning. This is Clement telling you, the Pope, that he's a Protestant. <laughs> no, he's telling, <laughs> in other words, <laughs> he's telling you that it's by faith alone. Absolutely. And you see. Now, do you believe it or not? 
do you believe the sacraments and man's tradition or do you believe the word alone? Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the question. And, and that's our goal. We want everybody to understand that's why we share the faith. That's why we share Christ crucified, Christ victorious over death, God at the right hand side of God, the father, God, the son at the right hand side of God, the father, because it's only through faith by which will, you will be saved. And you know, what's beautiful. Why is it only through faith? Check this out. It's not by deeds. It's not by works, so that man won't boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 2, 9, mm-hmm. 2, 10. Why faith? Because faith is not an action that you can do. It's not a work. Right. You see that? That is so beautiful. Even that. Even that. Faith is not a work. It's a gift. Yeah. Faith is not a work. Yeah. You can't. It's Now, your saving faith will produce good works. What kind of good works? Oh, the good works that the Father has already established mm-hmm. beforehand. So you're only doing the good works. As a result. As a result of your saving faith. And those good works. Oh, see, God is, is right now talking to me. And I don't want to say look at it. No, but I'm yeah. saying he's bringing verses to mind. Of course. God accepts your faith and those good works because it's saving faith, but it's your faith that saves you much the same. Like he accepted Abel's gift and not Cain's. Wow. You see, because you can come to God and give him your good works, but what does Isaiah say? What is Isaiah four? I think I can it says our deeds are like filthy rags. And actually the word that he's talking about right there is a woman's menstrual rag. Yes. That's, yes. Dis- that's disgusting. Yes. And that's exactly what he's trying to say. Yeah. It's disgusting to it's me. It's the emphasis that it's to give us an illustration that that's our, our most righteous deeds, quote unquote, are like filthy rags. Menstrual. God. Menstrual rags. rags. Used, not clean. Used menstrual rags. Get that. That's keep that in mind because yeah. that's what God wants that's you to That's a strong image. That's yes. a strong image to uh, coming uh, from the prophet Isaiah to say it in this way. Oh, but that is to make us understand that the most righteous things that we could ever do in our lives are trash. They are disgusting. They 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 do not get anywhere near, near um, who God is in his righteousness. Compared to him, those righteous deeds are filthy rags. It doesn't doesn't get more clear than that illustration. Yeah, but yet man will want to tell us that we are wrong because it's not faith alone, that we we must come under the subjugation of Mormonism, or we must come under the subjugation of Jehovah's Witness, or we must come under the subjugation of the Roman Catholic Church. And and I kind of want to talk about the the Catholic Church because I've I've talked to Catholics, and they tell me, no, you're wrong. You your sacraments. You need these sacraments. And my question is, you want me to to prostrate before saints and pray to them? And Mary as well, you want me to prostrate myself and pray to them so that 
the treasure chest that is in heaven of good merit. I can be credited some of those merits to me. So what they believe is that the good work of Christ, his merit is in a treasure chest, a treasury. And the fact that Mary was born without sin, never sinned her whole life. She ascended into heaven in bodily form, in bodily form. She never died. She ascended to heaven. Now she cast more good merit into this treasure cove or treasure chest. And all of the saints. Wow, that is a blasphemous statement. Well, this is what they believe. Wow. And all of the treasures and all of the uh, saints, uh, like um, St. Francis of Assisi, uh, Paul, John, all of these apostles and saints that the church has granted sainthood, they've done such good deeds that their merits have been cast into this treasure uh, chest of merits. And every time that the church, the Roman Catholic Church or the Pope grants, um, what are those things that they were selling? That indulgences. Indulgence is perfect. Thank you, brother. Every time that there's indulgences to be accumulated or had that you can earn, you have to do certain deeds that they tell you. And guess what? You being unrighteous will get some of these merits from the treasure chest in heaven deposit it to your account and now you're just a little bit more righteous <laughs> i mean this is this is what people don't understand that that's what you believe if you're a catholic and you have to defend that and i don't even like to say just catholic because we actually are the catholics you know catholic means universal we're the universal family uh, church we're catholic in the sense that we are part of the universal church and we attend local church we're the real catholics the Roman Catholic. Even that they've they've taken from us. Because in this letter here from Clement, he starts off by saying, uh, let's see, see if I can find it. And I hate to tell um, But he's saying, the church of God living in exile in Rome to the church of God exiled in Corinth to you who are called and sanctified by God's will through our Lord Jesus Christ. Abundance and grace... Abundant grace and peace be yours from God Almighty through Jesus. Do, dear friends, to the sudden and successive misfortunes and accidents we've encountered. Is it this one? I don't think it's here. It might be the second letter. He talks, he says, we're the Catholic Church. Universal. That's what it means. But they're the Roman Catholic Church. We've become so fearful of using that word Catholic because we don't want to say, oh, we're, no. Yeah, we don't want to associate ourselves with those and, and the people that believe those things i've talked to people and they say you're a protestant you're always protesting what am i protesting well you just don't want to believe believe what well the catholic church oh you mean that i'm supposed to do all these sacraments and i'm supposed to earn salvation they don't understand what luther his 95 thesis points were his arguments were they don't understand why he was coming up against the church they why we understand this, and maybe even a lot of Christians don't understand this because they haven't maybe done a lot of history. They haven't re done research on our history. Mm -hmm. But Catholics are very much, Roman Catholics are very much the same way. First of all, mo most of them don't read too much of the Bible. So they really have to believe and take everything 
by faith of what their priests tell them. And a quick note with that, um, I, I was speaking to a friend a few months ago, several months ago, I think. And you're right about that. Um, they, they believe that they're not prepared enough to understand the Bible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, still, and, yeah. Um, and there was a few times that we were discussing certain things, whether they were literal or not. Like, for example, when Elijah calls fire from heaven, yeah. you know, we believe that God did send fire from heaven because that's what the word says. Mm-hmm. But the argument was, well, how do you know it's literal? How do you, we don't know that we need to study further. We need to, uh, because um, there, obviously we know that there's different books. There's the poetic books, there's mm-hmm. historical books, there's the prophetic, different Minor books. Minor prophets, the, major prophets. Right. Yeah, the different the law, books of the Bible. And, and there are times that um, things are not literal, but they're just used to make a picture, you know, like yeah. paint the picture. Um, but even that point, like when we were talking about, okay, so you don't believe Elijah sent fire from heaven and, and, and it devoured the, the thing. So, um, I mean, I believe it's literal. I don't know if you... Well, what I, in those points, what I do is, do you believe that when Jesus Christ died, the dead rose and walked and entered the temple, Jerusalem? Mm-hmm. If you don't believe some of these things, and you can't believe everything. That's just what I go to. If you're questioning that, which is minor compared to God becoming man. Oh, yeah. And dying on a cross and atoning for your sins. If you don't believe that, how can you believe that Jesus Christ is sufficient? The atonement. How can you believe that you're saved? How can you believe that you're born again? Yeah. That, uh, you know, and I, I know someone will say, you're not addressing my question. Because I'm having a Bible studies with a non-believer. I'm sorry. I, I can't. I'm trying to do trigonometry with someone that's barely in algebra. I can't. We can't. There's no communication. There's a great divide. I'm trying to have a Bible studies with somebody that isn't born again yet to begin with. I, I, and I just sold this uh, to somebody as well recently. I, I hate to sound like that. I do, you know, because I know what I sound like in saying, oh, I, I, I can't have a Bible studies with an unbeliever. But you have to understand, the Bible tells us that before you come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, not as somewhat of a Savior and you yourself. No, no. Lord and Savior, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. I'll say that again. Why? You're let Jewish me, let, now. You're repeating things. Let me, yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me bring that into to, to a picture for you in your mind. Because words are just words. Sometimes we have to illustrate these things, man. Definitely. If I take you to a cemetery and I tell you these dead, lifeless bodies, bring them to life. Please bring them to life. Any kind of argument any kind of evidences that you need so that they can come to life. Can you do that? No, they're dead. They're dead. They can't even hear you. And that's what the Bible tells us about anybody. And now you might, people might say, look at you. You're so exclusive. You, Hey, 
either you believe the Bible or you don't believe the Bible. Again, you see, are you, you see, I'm having a Bible studies with somebody that doesn't believe if they're questioning that. Either you believe the Bible or you don't believe the Bible. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ is God, died on the cross and is your savior and you've put your faith in him and now you're living for him, you're his slave. People can tell that you're a Christian. If that's not the case and you're dead in your sin still and it goes in one ear and out the other because I can't bring you to life because God says that your heart is still stone because God says that he is spirit and he must be worshiped in spirit. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you can't worship God. So I'm trying to have a Bible studies with somebody about Elijah or about the Red Sea parting or about the flood happening when this person doesn't even believe that Jesus Christ came into the flesh and he's atoned once and for all for our sins. And we have assurance and salvation. So that's what I usually drive back to. I tell that person, I'd like to talk to you about this, but I can't, I can't because you don't even believe Jesus Christ. And it's, it's very, that's what the whole Bible is about. Exactly. And, and I think um, John 10, 27 to 28 is a very good verse to bring in here. Um, it says, my sheep hear my voice Amen. and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So a few things that are addressed here. We hear the voice of God because we are his. We can understand what is God's voice speaking today? The Bible, the, Bible. the word of God. Amen. Yeah, you guys want to hear God speak? Read the word. You out guys loud. want to speak it out? <laughs> yeah, who said Justin Peters, <laughs> yeah. I think, said this. You guys want to hear God speak out loud? Read the word of God out loud. out loud. And that is God speaking. We believe this. We believe God speaks today in his word, in what is written. And it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. That's a, mm. that's the thing we were sp- speaking about earlier. They follow me, meaning we have the spirit of God given to us by him, put in us so that we could be obedient, so that we could carry out our tasks, so that God can sanctify us from within. To follow him means to put lay down our lives, to walk in obedience to the commandments, to honor him with our lives. And then verse 26, and I give eternal life to them. Again, it's given. It's a gift. Nothing you can do, nothing you can do to earn it or receive it. It is a gift. It is given by him. And they says they will never perish. Again, the, the fact that they are his. And then he hammers the point at the end. He makes it clear for all those who believe that you can lose your salvation when you are truly in Christ. You can't lose your salvation. It says, no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one. What are we doing right now? We are trying to encourage the believers because that is an encouraging verse, brother. That is beautiful. We have assurance in our salvation once and for all. We know that we hear God's word. And how do we hear it? Because we read our his word. We read it. We, we consider it sacred, beautiful, a delight. Not just that. Why can we even hear it? Because we've been born again. This exactly. is what it says in Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart. So what do we need? We need a new heart. You want to talk about Moses parting the sea? You need a new heart. You want to talk about Elijah and God descending a fire? You need a new heart in order to understand that. 
You need a new heart, it says, and and put a new spirit. You want to worship God, the living, true God? Worship him in spirit. And his spirit is the Holy Spirit. It says, and I will remove the heart of stone. Brother, without coming to Christ, you have a heart of stone. Me telling you that Moses had the sea parted before him, you can't understand that. You can't see that. You you won't believe that because your heart is stone. Nothing can penetrate that heart. And he says, from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, I will put my spirit within you. He will put his spirit in us, the Holy Spirit that comes and dwells, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, it says, uh, within you and cause you to walk my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. It says he will cause, he yeah. will cause you to observe his statutes. What are we saying? Yeah, that it's all him. And that's that's the beauty of this. Even us observing now and doing our best to not fall in sin, it's still a work of the Holy Spirit. That's that's where it's amazing. That's What am I saying? And you see, that's why Christianity is so beautiful. Those that are born again in Christ that are Christian, we understand and we don't boast about anything to any exactly. religion. Exactly, we can't. And it's, it's like Paul Washer said yeah. one time, the Christian is the only one who can say, I'm going to heaven and not be boastful about it. Exactly. Why? Because we understand that the work is, has been finished by Christ. It's been initiated, it's been carried out, and it's been finished by him. So we take no credit for this. We take absolutely no, uh, we can't say we take a part in our salvation. Because just like when Jesus had a, when he had a conversation with Nicodemus, he, he told them, you must be born again. And Nicodemus was like, well, how am I going to enter the, or do I enter the womb of my mother again? Yeah. And he says, no, that, that's not it. He, he tells him, I can't, I can only use these, these, um, I can only explain these things to you because you're from the earth. You know, you've never been to heaven. You've not seen the heavenly places. So I have to speak to you in this way. And, and he kind of pokes at him and says like, you're the, you're the teacher of Israel and you don't know this, that you need to be born again. Yeah. So it's, and we don't take part in our natural birth. No. Oh, beautiful. We exactly. don't take part into it. No. We, we didn't say, Hey, well, I, I want to be born. Uh, that's my mom. That's and I prefer to be born in springtime. Please, please in springtime, because I don't want to be in the heat. I don't want to yeah. come out and it's freaking out. I don't want to be the cold either. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we don't even take part in that. And the fact that we were conceived was not our choice Nope. in the same way oh, us being born beautiful. again, in the same way us coming to saving faith in Christ, we take no part in that. And that is again, another that's beautiful Act of God. And that's why to me, when, when I think, uh, when I talk to other people, they, they are under duress. They are under the law. They are under the curse of rituals. They are under torment because they don't know. Now they believe in a God, but they don't know if they will actually have salvation. They're so close. They're so close, but yet, so far, this is what Jesus says in um, Matthew 11, 28, 29 and 30. It says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, weary and heavy laden, all man before 
coming to Christ is weary and heavy laden. Weary because death is coming and all men fear death. You might not fear it because you might not have seen someone die around you. You might be in your youth and that's the furthest thing from your mind. But you will be weary one day understanding that you will die. And then what comes? What happens? What do you believe? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It's an everyday thing. We're constantly learning from Christ. That's it. That's if he dwells in us. First Corinthians, second Corinthians, um, three 15, I believe, or 15, three test yourselves. Is Christ really in you? That is the test. That's the test that Paul says to find out whether or not you are saved. Is Christ in you? So he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light i love that's that scripture that's what we're telling everybody that's in, in these other it. beliefs come to christ and rest that he has by himself accomplished the redemptive work wow come to christ and find rest for his yoke is light find christ find him and how do you find him read his word Repent and put your faith in him. And I want to I want to illustrate that scripture a little bit. Yeah. Oh, um, if I may. <laughs> it's beautiful to dig into. It's, oh man. So so when when God is talking about a yoke, uh, back in the day when they would uh, cultivate the land, yep. they take a big uh, an oxen that was mature, yeah. older, strong, um, and who would till the land, and they would yoke him together. A yoke is like this wood device that goes a wood around. Beam. It's, it's like, like a, a wood, wood beam, beam, right? That yep. goes heavy over the head of this ox. And then they would put a younger ox next to him to teach him the ways. Because a young yeah. ox, you ha- we have to you have to understand that young oxes, um, they they obviously had to be tamed. They still haven't broken their spirits. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they they <laughs> they had to be tamed. They were strong, but they, it was all over the place. Yeah. When the older, more mature ox already knew what he had to do, he knew how to do it. So they would yoke these two together with like a Francisco saying it's like a, a wooden beam that goes over their heads and it would bring them together and it would teach the young one how to do what the older one had been doing for a long time because obviously they had to replace them when they got too old, etc. So they would put them together and they would work the land together when the when the younger one wanted to go ahead or too slow they'd have to walk together to keep forward to keep moving forward yeah so the younger one yeah the younger one would have to keep up or he'd have to slow down according to what the older one was doing so it was a way of the younger one learning from the yeah. older one to control his strength to be controlled in the way that he's telling the land to to do it in a certain way and so this this description it's Beautiful. it's us yoking ourselves or God yoking us together with him and as opposed it's God, to sin. Exactly. As opposed to sin because we were slaves to yeah. sin before. But God uh, be, being yoked together with Christ and to understand that Christ is this God who is all powerful, all powerful. He he has infinite power, infinite knowledge, infinite wisdom, everything. And us being yoked together, us little tiny us being yoked together with him walking alongside him and him taking us with him. And then he says, my yoke is light. Oh yeah. It's light. That means you don't have to worry about the difficulty, the hardness of walking in life alone. 
yeah. because you're walking yoked together with Christ, with the all-powerful living <sighs> God. That is yeah. that is amazing. That's beautiful. To me. I like that breakdown, brother. That Thank you very amazing. much for sharing that. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly. Again, just to emphasize on on the other point that we touched on earlier. Either you are dead in your trespasses, or dead in your sins, because this is this is um what Christ says and that's that's the beautiful thing you know our lord is speaking here jesus answered them this is john 8 34 truly truly i say to you everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin who commits sin if you're dead in your trespasses you're living a life of sin and you're dead in those sins and you think he is liberating you from that yoke that heavy laden yoke of sin and he's yoking you with him his his yoke is light what is his yoke true freedom true peace right peace and that's why to me i i i um i love i love just studying the gospel that's it that's all i study on that's that's why I mean I I read uh books like Ephesians and Galatians because I know that in Romans the gospel is preached so much there and I look at it from that point of view and I just think this is amazing because once you see you once you read the bible through that um through that lens of Christ's redemptive work on the cross you read it just so beautifully and you you understand what Christ the whole time he was in his three year ministry is trying to tell people and they just can't understand. They can't. They cannot. And that's what we're doing now. That's what we do. That's what I do. Um, coming to Christ. That's the life that I, I live now. I I do my best to share the gospel with people. And I know, I believe what the Bible says, First uh, Corinthians one eighteen, that the cross is ludicrous to people. The I mean. It's so hard to grasp. And listen, I understand it was to me. But by God's grace, I've come before the cross and I've seen Christ crucified. And now I find myself crucified with him. And just as he has been victorious and is resurrected, I too have been born again. And this is all I want to do. I want to share the gospel that Christ died. Come out of these religions come out of your comfort of not wanting to share the gospel understand this is the living word of god and the same way that you've come to faith is the same way that you would want to desire for everybody around you to come to faith honestly i mean right isn't isn't that yeah that's what we live for that's what I live for. That's that's what that's why I have these books, and that's why you see me with all these, uh, you know, ten keys to witnessing to cults, <laughs> Christianity, cults, and religions, and I, that's my main. That's my my main focus. Um, the white throne judgment is coming. The white throne judgment is coming. That was Noah. The world will be flooded. His judgment is coming. The world will be flooded. His judgment is coming. People thought he was crazy because it had never rained. And people think, exactly, it had never rained. And people now think that we are crazy. Mm. People now think from all of the beliefs, Christianity has got to be the most exclusive, goody-good shoes. You don't like anybody. 
and you think you're better than everybody. And you're intolerant. But that goes to show exactly you're intolerant. But that in itself proves God's word. That go that that proves God's word. That everybody sees us as crazy. Why? Because they hated Christ. They hated him. Yeah, he says it himself. If anyone hates you, it's they hated me first. And it's it's because of me that they hate you. It's not even that they hate you, because if no. you were of the world, they would love you. <laughs> hey, hey, man, that's they it. hate you because I am in you, and the world hated me when I came to them. That, brother, that man. is it. That is it. So what am I saying? Prepare yourself. Shield yourself. Clothe yourself in the armor of God. Understand that man is a slave to sin. You know, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post. I'm constantly looking at ways to share the gospel. <laughs> Like and it. in one of them was, uh, I thought, man, if they don't understand by the word, I know that they're not going to understand by anything else. But let me just at least dig that in them and kind of pierce their conscience in their mind. Just like in the Matrix. Oh, <laughs> That's kind of what yes. I felt like screaming. Yes, Just like Morpheus is telling Neo, and, and please forgive me, I am just going on off a cliff here. I'm not in the word okay. at all. So okay. please don't, let's not dig deep into the matrix as a theological <laughs> study at all whatsoever. But I put that just scene. Just an example, a palpable I, example. Yeah, I put that scene where Morpheus is telling Neo, these people that you are trying to liberate from the matrix, this enslavement, they are so entwined with the matrix, with enslavement. They love it so much. They are not ready to be unplugged. Furthermore, they will fight you from unplugging them. They will fight you. And that's what I'm trying to tell everybody when I share the gospel, you know, that's what's in my that's heart. A good, that's what that's my, a great analogy. That's in my mind. The very people that great. I want to liberate by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ are the very people that are so in love with their sin that they will hate me and they will curse me and kill me eventually because they love their sin and they love the matrix. They love the world, the world that's been pulled over their eyes. The God of this world is Satan, is Lucifer. You're either worshiping him or you're worshiping Christ. You're either going to be found in the book of life or you're going to be found in the lake with him. One or the other. I, 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 you know, there's no in between. Brother, that's, that's my life calling. That's what I need to do. I have to share it. And not just that, I have my ministry at home. I have to live it with my wife. I have to live it with my son. My, my, my prayer is that my son can be um, an evangelist. An evangelist. Share the gospel. Evangelize people. Uh, if God has a different calling for him, then obviously, ultimately, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, but that's that's what I live with my with my mindset all the time. That's what I'm constantly thinking. And you're telling me that if I'm constantly thinking about man being hurled into fire, Hades and hell right now, and they're still waiting for the white throne judgment. There's people in hell right now that are suffering, that are still waiting for the white throne judgment. And on the day of the white throne judgment, again, will they be hurled into the lake of fire again? forever so what am i doing i'm trying to share the gospel because that's what christ told us to do we have to share this we have to love our brothers am i gonna fight with somebody that honks in the car 
And it cuts me off. No, I'm not going to fight with them. This is my brother. I don't want them to go to hell. I don't want to be a bad testimony. Am I going to join in, partake when there's all these parties and with my wife's family and, and they party like I used to party and, there's, and they're making fun of me and they're saying, am I going to join in on certain things? No, because I want to share the gospel with them. And they're going to say, oh, what a buzzkill. This guy. <laughs> well, no, no, not, not, it's not what I'm saying. What I'm getting at is, bro, you were just drinking with us. You're just smoking, and now you're telling us that we're all going to come on. Yeah. Am I living a good testimony? Oh, yeah. If you participate in that and then try to, no. Am, am I going to be worrying about just worldly gain? Am I going to be putting up uh, motivational speakers, Anthony Robbins, and everybody? Like, but I'm supposed to tell everybody that this is temporary and we're just pilgrims? That's it. That's it. That, that's the thing that some people want to fill themselves with, quote, unquote, positive vibes and positive stuff. But that's just because, again, and you said this, yeah, the world is afraid of death. They're afraid of the end. So while we get there, let's just try to not think about the end. Yeah. It's it's just a distraction. And it's kind of goes back to your analogy on the matrix. Exactly. Doesn't that connect be, in a yeah. weird way? No, it does. It, it absolutely <laughs> does. It, it, we don't want to be unplugged. We don't want to be... Um, we don't want to let go of the sin that we love that easily entangles us. And the sad part is if you're listening and you've, you, you hear the gospel, you hear someone who's close to you telling you, Hey, like repent, turn to Christ. Um, let him be the savior, turn to him fully, repent of your sins. You're hearing all this. Understand one thing. If there is someone telling you this to repent of your sins, to turn away from from them and to turn to Christ as your only way to be saved uh, from the wrath of God, from your sin, from, from all that, understand this. They tell you the truth because they love you. And it oh, is yeah. harder. Yeah. It is harder to tell someone the truth than it is to lie to them and make them feel all good inside. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. It's harder to do that. But it that's is. when you know someone truly cares for you. And loves you. Usually they will tell you the truth, even if it hurts. Yeah, you you have to win. And that is the truth. You have to understand how holy and loving and just and wrathful God is. We have to understand that. That's got to be our, fund, uh, our foundation. We have to understand who God is. And if you want to know who God is, read your Bible. Old Testament and New Testament. That's God. If you understand what he did to the people that were around the Israelites, all the things that he did, you know, that they sent them to war and he had them killed. You have to understand that's still the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Same God one. is the same God. He, yes. People say, well, the old Testament God is, is so hateful and vengeful and the <laughs> new Testament God, he's so kind and loving Jesus Christ. So, no, you don't get it because you haven't read revelations 20. <laughs> you know, that's the new Testament. You haven't read revelations 20. That's a New Testament. I mean, that's his, he's going to throw everybody into the lake of fire, everlasting. So what, what, this is, are you born again? That's, that's the number one thing, right? When I'm trying to talk to somebody, I tell them, I'm not trying to convince you about the, I'm not trying to, I can't convince you. I just want to share that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And if you put your faith in him and you believe that he has atoned for you, he has finished it. If you genuinely believe that, the Holy Spirit will descend upon you and you will be born again. And the things that you loved before, you will now hate. Mm. And the things that you hate now, you will now love. 
And not just that, you will continue to grow in sanctification and in love and in appreciation of the gift that you've been given. And people will know that you are different. You will see this. I'm, I'm not kidding. This is what I tell people. I say, you will see the world through different eyes it's true you will see everything through different eyes and usually i i I talk to a lot of homeless people and i tell them and though and what you're going through right now it's gonna mean nothing it's gonna mean nothing because god at this very moment sent me to talk to you and whether it's because you're at your lowest that you come to understand or because it was just a time for you to hear this message and you won't get it and, and you'll just think that i'm crazy but i want you to understand that if you believe you will be born again. You will be born again. You will be different. That's it. And I and I tell them, I love you. May I pray for you? And they say, sure. Yeah, we can pray. Or they'll be like, no, thank you. But And I say, okay, not a problem. And I pray for them after I leave. After I drive off or we pray there. And I just tell them, Father, please, I just pray that this message, this seed that was sowed right now, that it may come into good soil, that their ears may be opened up, their eyes may be opened up, that their heart may be opened up, and they may come to repentance. I pray that tonight, when they're alone by themselves with no influences around them, they may actually think about this, that they may see who they really are, Father, before you, before the actual throne presents who they really are. We don't want them to come to to know who they really are in the white throne judgment. So, God, there's freedom in Christ. Yeah, you can do so many things. I'm not saying, oh, from now on, that's it. That, that's just, that's what I say, that it's very important to, to read your word, to see it through the eyes of the gospel, and there's freedom in Christ. We should not live in fear anymore. We should we should have reverence for our Savior and for God. Obviously, and, yeah, uh, but, definitely. But this is beautiful right here. Now, this is something to keep in mind, too. Uh, this is First John 2.15. It says, uh, he says, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. That is so powerful. Do not love the world. It's passing away. It's transient. Keep that in mind, brothers and sisters. Um, Keep that in mind. The world is passing away. We can partake in a lot of things. That's fine. That's not forbidden from us. That's beautiful. But let us never depart from the understanding. Do not fall in love with the world or the things of it because it's passing away. And what is it? It's a distraction from us for us. Yeah, it's really. a distraction now more so than ever. I mean, technology. I don't think the same way that you have to, you know. Uh, oh, this is beautiful. The same way that you have to have a reverence for God, fear His who He is. The same way that non-believers should fear Satan. Why? Satan is cunning. He appears as uh, an angel of light, and right now. He's working in the minds of some of those the most prominent and most resourced, resourceful men in the planet. They're establishing something so vast, so superior that in Apocalypse and in Revelations, it says that it, it was it's only going to happen temporarily. If not, even the elect might become confused. Yeah, I, I mean, understand something is coming. 
that will pull you away even further. The same way that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. The same way that he can harden yours. Right? And that's that's hard to even swallow to oh, hear. Yeah. Like, wait, God hardened God, yeah. God can harden yes, you. Heard of that he's correctly. sovereign. <laughs> he's sovereign. He hardened Read the Pharaoh's heart. In Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> he's sovereign. Yeah. It's he, the reality. Exodus 10. He he hardened Pharaoh's heart. And Pharaoh heard the voice of God through Aaron telling him, let our people go. And he didn't believe and he hardened it so that miracles could be shown so that God's glory can be shown and told and for, and told continuously in generations of all he did for his people. So we're telling you now, don't be like Pharaoh, you know, and uh, that's what we, you should always want to consider when you're sharing with somebody, let them know, just keep an open, open mind, open heart, understand that God loves you. And that's why I'm here. I'm talking to you this day right now because I don't want you to meet God in the white throne judgment. I don't want that to be the last words you hear. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never yeah, knew you. you. So wow. that's um, the gospel, you know, and I know we didn't delve in too much uh, verses, but everything we're talking about is backed up by verses. You can pause and, and kind of, Absolutely. yeah, everything is backed up by that, by scripture. And we only know what we know. We only proclaim what we proclaim because of, because scripture. of it. Yeah. Outside of that, we, we can't do really anything outside of scripture. We can't enlighten you with something new. If it's outside the word of God, then you got to question it. <laughs> then it's transient and it's temporary. No, yeah. Temporary. It's not going to grant you everlasting life. You know, like it says here in first John. So. Absolutely. And I want to, uh, I want to end with this one, um, this session four, and we're going to go to John chapter 16, verse 33. Mm. Oh, and, We've talked about uh, the things that are coming and they are terrible things that are coming for, for the world. And I mean, even when the Bible speaks of the day of the coming of the Lord, they talk about it as being terrible, like horrible. It's, it's, it's going to be amazing in a very, uh, amazing in a very, uh, destructive way terrifying yeah. terrifying that's the right word it's going to be the day of terror uh for the lord's who, day yeah, yeah that's the lord's day syn that's the lord's day. Uh, synonymous to the day of terror <laughs> <laughs> and and that is terror for those who do not know him just like but that's only terror for those that are alive during yeah. uh, the day of the lord the terror that is more magnified than anything anybody has ever in nor will experience is the white throne judgment. But yes, that's beautiful to share. There that. you go. So verse 33 is, is an encouragement. Again, the promises of the Bible are for the believer. Mm. It, it isn't for those who do not believe. Um, there are principles that can be applied to everyday life, which is what a lot of motivational speakers today, they put in their books and they take out principles from the Bible. Uh, but the promises are for God's children. God gives his children gifts. He gives them blessings. He disciplines them because he loves them. And the word of God is, is his word to his children. And just like we read earlier, those who are his sheep hear his voice and they will follow him and they will continue. So we have to understand this, that the word of God is for his children. So this is kind of an encouragement that I want to end this segment with.
because it's been a great segment. And this is in John 16, 33. It says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me, you may have peace in the world. You have tribulation and wait, I'm misreading this it says these things I have spoken to you so that in me, you may have peace in the world. You have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. It is finished. He has done it. He has overcome the world. We're not adding anything into his finished work. It's done. So he says, take peace in me. And in yeah. him, we may have peace that those who are in his hands, just like we read earlier, we will not, we cannot be snatched away. We are in him. We are at peace with him because of him and it's yeah. all everything ties back <laughs> to his work his grace his mercy and christ crucified resurrected sitting at the right hand of the father and the one who will return with Amen. judgment on that terror-filled day Take courage for i have overcome the world amen that's right and because he has overcome the world we too will overcome it because amen he's overcome that. it so yeah, brother, I appreciate the time. I think this is so encouraging, uh, not just for myself, because um, I get to to share and I get to hear you share some verses as well. But I take courage that God has also brought me into your presence that I may share Amen. these things, um, especially to people that are listening that might know me. That, that to me is the most uh, beautiful thing that I can share these things that I, I delve into and, and by the grace of God, he's allowed me to understand and I do it out of love. Amen. You know, I, I want to be poured out as well. Um, and I want to continue to serve not just God, but, but man, you know, just as Christ came and washed the apostles feet or the apostles feet. I too want to serve, you know, I want to, I want to serve because ultimately I, I want to see as many of my friends, family yes. in heaven with me, you know? So, um, that is our desire. That's, that's yeah, our heart desire that everyone desire. would come to know him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just like Paul said in uh, Romans chapter eight and nine, I mean, he wished he could just give up his own life to see people Amen. come to salvation, his own yeah, kin, the, the, the people Jewish. who are related to him. Yeah. He, he would have given that up. Just oh. if, if, if he knew that automatically, but it doesn't work that way <laughs> doesn't because work there that was way. one who already gave his life and that's who we're preaching Jesus Amen. so that you could come to salvation. He gave his life for you because only he could. Our lives won't make a difference if we give them up. Now in Christ, he gives us the power to go out and to preach his word that is Holy Spirit filled and that's what changes lives and brings the dead to life. That is bringing the dead to life. <laughs> yeah. Amen. We, we, we pray for uh you know born again revival yes. we want we want uh, to we, and it's beautiful to see that i mean i look at my life and i think father you i'm a new creation i am a new creation and i take so much delight in the fact that he's working in my life so did you ever think that you'd get to this point where you're no where you love the things of oh, god and man. you just i mean i, was I would never see myself a, in this position no no i would never i never thought in a million years <laughs> that i would be a christian and i know that there's people that even now find it just intriguing or find it ridiculous or find it crazy or find it uh you know kind of a welcoming that they realized that at least I changed my life because they saw me when I was lost and they're like, 
this guy's headed for a path of destruction. And I was. Um, so I take delight in my Savior having redeemed me. And at the same time, I'm repenting every day. You know, I got to. It's just to. so there's almost not a day that I don't shed a tear, you know, and I don't, I'm not embarrassed by that. It's the truth. I I think about things that I've done. I think about what's happening in the world. I think about people that I've known that have passed on. How do you not? How, how do you not? And that's 100% true. There's not a day that I don't, you know, feel some sorrow and um, I, I repent and I just pray that God can continue to use me because there is a harvest that is ready. But you have to, you have to be born again <laughs> to go out there and work the fields. So let us um, share that message, that saving message, Romans 1.16. It itself, the gospel, the true gospel, Jesus Christ crucified once and for all, resurrected and at the right hand side of the Father. That is the saving message that we are to proclaim to everybody, everybody, because we don't know who the elect are, but God wants for everybody to come to repentance and faith. To that. So we do too. I want everybody to come to repentance and faith and uh, you should too. If you're listening and you're a Christian, that should be your bread and butter because Amen. yeah, that's, that's uh, what you've been granted. So Thanks again, brother, for allowing Amen. me to stop Amen. No, thank you. I, I really do appreciate you coming all the way down here to to visit us, to be here in the studio, to share. Um, obviously, God has gifted you with teaching and, and, and be, being able to take all these things. Because we all have different giftings, you know, yeah. and some of us, we find it harder than others to maybe study and then keep things and retain things. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why God is raising up teachers. He's raising up people who even are very kind, people who are generous. Amen. There's different gifts that God gives. So even if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I wish I knew all that and all, well, we, we can all learn. We can all learn yeah. and, and um, your gifting might be different, you know, but be encouraged. Know that it's all for the glory of God. But I really do appreciate having you here, Francisco. It's been a pleasure and we hope this is of much encouragement to you and also of the message that um, for those of you who have not yet um, pretty much repented of your sins that you would turn away and that you turn and, and give your life to Christ. Um, but anyway, friends, yeah. if you want to add something. One last thing, as if salvation and forgiveness and entrance into God's kingdom isn't enough, there are promises in the Bible that our good deeds will be rewarded. Yes. So I want to take, I want to encourage brothers and sisters that are listening to this, strive for those rewards. If you're already saved, what a blessing. That's the greatest gift in all of existence. That's the most amazing thing that's come to existence. Now that you're saved, strive for those rewards. Definitely. There's some rewards that are going to be waiting for us that are going to be amazing. So strive for that. I, I, I most definitely, definitely encourage everybody to strive for those rewards that are awaiting those that do good deeds now. Not that we do good deeds for our salvation, but we Correct. do good deeds to be obedient and Correct. to and for these rewards that we're to have. There's rewards. The Bible says that. So absolutely it's beautiful. And and he brings that up too, just because we spoke about deeds, but we we spoke about deeds in regards to salvation. That's right. But good deeds have been prepared for us in advance by God for us to walk in them and to work them. So, yes, let us go out and do good works Yeah, because we know that salvation is in Christ alone. And we know 
that these have been prepared for us in advance. And we know that it's just his promises. And we delight in these things. That's now. right. Yeah, we take delight. Listen, we, well, nobody's taking a list saying how many hours you put in today. No. no, no, nobody's taking a list. But just I always tell myself, what? how far did you drive before to parties or for other things that were not worthy? But what am I willing to do now for the Lord? You know, so take courage in the fact that you did way more things. You devoted so much more time in learning other things in the world that you can now devote to, to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And I promise you it's going to just encourage you so much more and you'll know one of the things that's interesting is you know yourself you know you can't do it if you can't memorize these things if you can't read through the whole thing if you can't do these things great that's a great thing that you realize that you can't do it because now in your weakness god takes delight in working so he will show his greatness in your weakness. Amen. Go to him and say, Father, I can't do it. I can't. My memory sucks. Like my memory. Shot. Likewise, but yet how do I remember all these likewise. things? Likewise. It's all his workmanship. Exactly. And ne then you'll be like, oh, it's all, it's, you'll praise him even more. So in our weakness, his strength is perfect. That's right. That's right. So take courage. Thank you guys. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Franco and Francisco here at Alpha and Omega TV. We thank you so much for your time. We are signing out for today. Over and out.